0: Welcome to Money Savage, your savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Chris Benson. Chris, are you ready to do this?
1: I'm ready, George. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Chris is the Chief Investment Officer at Reliant Investments, one of the top 30 self-storage investment companies in the United States. I'm excited to have you on. Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Sure, so George, uh, I'm talking to you from our office in Roswell, Georgia. So I live just north of Atlanta, about 20 miles. I live here with my, uh, my wife, Jen, and our teenage son, Luke. I have one who's already moved out of the house. Um, he's back in New York right now, uh, that's Noah. So uh, we're on our exit descent of parenting, which <laughs> has been a uh, fun transition. Uh, so as you mentioned, I, uh, on the personal side of things, I love all things outdoors. Uh, basically if you gave me a ski mountain in a lake, I'm pretty much good. I don't really need too much more than either of those things. So that's, that's generally me. Um, so I run for reliant, basically the capital markets for our business. So all things, as far as raising equity from investors, um, and working with our acquisitions team on, um, what our, our strategy is on acquiring individual or new properties, uh, that that's really my role with the organization. And uh, it's enjoyable, a uh, lot of great relationships, certainly a lot of uh, um, distinct uh, personalities that you meet and needs in the industry, so I enjoy it. Uh, as far as the why, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm vested in building the portfolio with Reliant. Uh, my partner, Todd Allen, started the company and um, to watch a company go from you know, him building it in the back of his apartment to, uh, to top 25 cell storage operator in 2019, it's been fun to watch it grow, and there's a lot of people who helped us get here. And I think ultimately uh, the goal is to build a, a portfolio that, that rewards them to getting to this point.
0: Nice, I love it. So I shortchanged you then. I said one of the top 30, when in fact you're the top 25. <laughs> it
1: changes all the time. It goes up and down depending on what we're buying and selling. Sure,
0: I'm sure. Nice. All right. So the the industry itself. Um, just from my anecdotal perspective, it seems like there are storage units popping up everywhere that I look. Is it growing?
1: Yeah, Uh, there's been a huge development cycle in self-storage the last five years. Uh, The last three, uh, there's probably been the most new net rentable square footage delivered in the history of the asset class, Hmm. Um, specifically, George, in, in the top 50 MSAs across the country. So, You know, Generally, in the world of real estate, um, institutional money is always going to find yield, and so if people are making money in something, um, the secret's not going to be held too closely for very long. So as soon as everybody figured out, hey, we can make money in self-storage, there's been a huge uh, glut of new supply coming to the market.
0: And from your perspective, trying to make good decisions about acquisitions and where to be deploying your funds. Does that, that, I bet that makes it, well, it's probably a double-edged sword.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, certainly new supply in a market affects you the way that you think it would, right? It's basic economics, uh, the laws of supply and demand. So, you put a new facility in the market that's trying to get leased up, they're going to drop prices, and um, generally, you know, um, until they get stabilized, they're going to lowball rents until they can get butts in the seats. Um, so, for us, uh, we would prefer not to have new supply coming into the market. I guess the other side of that double-edged sword that you described is institutional finance is investing heavily. Um, Actually today, we're recording this on October 26, Blackstone just bought um, another self-storage portfolio group called Simply Self Storage um, for $1.2 billion. So more capital in the space um, compresses cap rates, which means values are coming up. Um, So as more capital chases your deals, it's great on the sell side. Um, makes it certainly a little bit more challenging on the buy side
0: got it so certainly well what 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 would you say are the risks to to doing what it is that 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 you and 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 reliant are doing I, i would think that a lot of this is pretty safe but i'm certainly there 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 must be risks as well right
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, look, real estate on its uh, on its face is generally interesting to people because it's a tangible asset, right? <laughs> There's something you can touch, feel that is always going to have some intrinsic value. Um, but I think, you know, from a perspective of investors who invest with us, um, you know, if you came to me, George, and said, "Hey, I want to put some money towards self storage," what are the risks? Um, you know, uh, not specific to the asset class, but you want to make sure that we're not over leveraged right you know if you put too much debt on your property and there's an adjustment in values um, and for some reason that note gets called or you get to the end of your loan you don't have the value to um, get a new loan to buy it out that's a problem right so over leverage is a big issue we just touched on the supply side you (laughs) got to be careful the markets you're going into Um, you know we focus primarily on secondary and tertiary markets Um, we think there's a consolidation uh, strategy to be had there, um, but also to your um, to your earlier point, when we have new supply in the market, it certainly hurts your ability to drive rents and and grow net operating income. So, um, you know, I think those are probably the two big risks, you know, at the macro level. And then, look, if you're investing with a group like Reliant, um, the biggest risk is the people here, right? You're really investing in us. Um, because as an investor, you know, George, if you came to me and said, Hey, I want to put a hundred grand towards self storage, um, you have no control, right? So you're really trusting that the operator is going to be successful in executing their business plan. And so for your listeners, I would say that, you know, one of the biggest things as you look at sort of these passive income opportunities, these passive investment opportunities is really digging into who the operator is and what their track record is, because Ultimately, that's what you're investing in is, you know, the people that run it saying I'm investing in real estate in this regard is somewhat of a misnomer. Because ultimately, if Reliant screws it up, it doesn't matter how how good the project was. Ultimately, it falls on our shoulders.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. So looking, it it makes sense to me what what your approach is working in secondary markets. I, I live in Scottsdale and... It seems odd to me that somebody would build a self-storage unit right on one of our main thoroughfares and what I have to imagine is one of the most expensive real estate markets in, in the country, but people are doing it. It seems to me that I would want to be more of a value investor and going in and finding what is a, 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 a good property, a good, I, I guess, unit, um, but just being mismanaged or it needs a bit of a uh, sprucing up, for lack of a better term.
1: I think there's probably value in both of those strategies. It really depends, you know, what your goals or your capital are, right? Um, You know, that that property you're describing in Scottsdale on the corner of Main and Main that's, you know, stone and glass, it's a beautiful building. Um, It's expensive to develop, um, but there's a premium being paid for that. Um, Whoever developed that unless, you know, uh, is probably looking at who they're exiting to. Right. They're going to sell that to one of the self-storage REITs or potentially institutional capital. And generally, those guys want to deploy capital in markets um, that are really strong. Right. Um, what I would call Scottsdale is a strong secondary market. So, you know, you, you want to be in that market. Um, but there's also a strategy be had. what you're describing is a value add play where you're finding a, a facility that has the potential to grow value um, through forced depreciation. So, you know, to give you an example, we bought a property in Wilmington, North Carolina that um, is generally stabilized, 90% plus full, and we're gonna build an additional 12,000 square feet of climate controlled units because we feel the market's undersupplied. So, you know, people, their demand is still there, but the facility's full. So we're gonna add some additional units, hopefully get them to come in and rent um, and grow value that way. But. You know, it's really a strategy you look at um, depending on what your capital wants um, and what they're comfortable with um, as investors. We personally kind of fall on your shoulders where we like that secondary tertiary market value add play because um, we think that's a, a good recession resilient type of strategy no matter what's happening in the in the, the current economy.
0: How often are you? So you you I, I imagine have a a set mission or 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 a charter it says these are the parameters that we're going to be deploying our capital in and we're going to be looking for new opportunities or is that very fairly fluid and do you reassess it how how, how, how just tell me about a little bit about that process
1: yes <laughs> all of that correct um I, look we we have a um, we, we have a, a set of acquisition guidelines and underwriting guidelines, um, but it's changing almost quarterly, especially our assumptions that go into our pro formas, right? The market is dynamic, so things are moving. Um, and so, you know, uh, as far as what we can assume for rent growth and lease up pace and what we think we can sell for, it's all fluid based on how the market looks, right? I mean, the market today is different than it was six months ago. And it's different than it was six months before that. So our underwriting team is always adjusting and tweaking um, as data comes to us from our own portfolio and then also what's being reported, you know, at a national level. So um, I, I would say that it's definitely uh, more fluid than anything else.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that I, 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 I think you mentioned that it was BlackRock that, that made an acquisition. Does that automatically really reshuffle prices and almost the whole industry or does it not really make that big of a difference?
1: Now it's Blackstone. I know that's really confusing that there's multiple <laughs> black rock and Blackstone. Uh, they, I believe this, this acquisition makes them, you know, the third or fourth largest self storage holder in the industry. Um, right now they use third party management to manage the facilities. So it'll most likely be one of the REITs that manages them. Um, those properties that they bought. Blackstone doesn't have their own operational platform. Um, so no, it will most likely be business as usual. Um, just one of the REITs will have a, a larger share of, of what they're managing in the marketplace. Um, I, I think that idea though, George, of consolidation in the marketplace will continue to happen, right? The, the largest players are going to get bigger um, and it's the more mom and pop shops are gonna continue to get consolidated.
0: Yeah. From a, from a, an actual asset management standpoint, how, how, how does Reliant handle that? Are you operating the units yourselves?
1: We do. So we're, we're vertically integrated operators. So we're buying and managing. Um, so it's our employees behind the desk. We have, uh, 50 properties as of today, mostly in the Southeast. Um, and it's our employees, you know, who are there and we have, Uh, an operational hierarchy that runs those facilities. And then that information rolls up to to corporate here, where we're, you know, hopefully making good decisions to roll out into the field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Was that, has, has, has that always been your approach to be vertically integrated like that?
1: Yeah, it kind of started in that Reliant, um, and Todd Allen, uh, who's one of the co-founders of Reliant, and, and I'm not one of them, um, when he started the company, it started as a management company for his partner's original, uh, Lou Pollock, who was the other co-founder, um, he had four properties, and so they struck up a friendship, started a management company to run those four facilities, and then that kind of morphed into, okay, you know, we can manage these, we'll start buying our own. And managing them, and and so it it was always part of the plan. We've never really put a big focus on third-party property management. There's a lot of groups out there that, rather than buying their own, they're they're just the manager. So you can plug them into your facility when you buy it. Um, and a number of the the REITs, uh, which I keep saying REITs for your listeners, real estate investment trusts, the publicly traded stocks, um, they have third-party management platforms as well. So if if for some reason we said, hey. We don't want to manage any of our own properties anymore. We can go in and hire a group like that to come in and, you know, you pay them a percentage of the gross rents that come in uh, to manage your property.
0: Got it. Have have, have you found that you have a profile of folks that invest with you? Is it institutions? Is it individuals?
1: Yes. (laughs) Again, correct? (laughs) Yeah. So we have... um, We've raised capital over the years, George, in really two distinct buckets. I would say that institutional bucket, um, we have a private REIT that's been a partner of ours for a a long time. They did a 20 property portfolio with us. We have a family office, um, a really large family office that has deployed a bunch of capital with us as well. And then we have what I would call our retail investor network. Um, so just think, you know, accredited investor, high net worth, doctor, lawyer, business owner type people. Um, Who are trying to deploy capital um, in some sort of non correlated asset to the to the equities market? And generally those people are saying look I want exposure to the asset class, but I want to be a passive investor I don't want to go out and do this direct where I'm buying my own facility I want to partner with a professional deploy some capital to get exposure to the asset class um, But I don't want to own the, uh, the facility. So really those are the two distinct buckets and you know quite frankly the institutional capital wants something different than retail capital. And and generally they they have different goals. So you know we try to structure the investment opportunities for them a a bit differently.
0: Yeah. For the individual, um what what does that what does that opportunity look like from a, a minimum standpoint, from a time horizon standpoint?
1: Yeah. I mean, generally, so the investment minimum, most of our deals is 50,000. You you have to be an accredited investor. We offer these, they're called reg D offerings. So um, they're a non traded security basically. Um, So you you as the investor are investing generally in an LLC that holds the property. And so you participate in both the income and the depreciation um, through a K one at the end of the year. And that's why most people are involved. Um, they appreciate the, the income, but then also the, the tax benefits of the depreciation of commercial real estate as well. Um, generally our projects are between a five and seven year hold. Um, right now we're doing a, a fund. Um, think of it almost towards like a mutual fund of self storage properties. So we're going to buy a bunch of properties, put them in a portfolio and then you as the investor have invested at the fund entity at the top. So you get the diversification of multiple properties multiple markets, multiple states. So if one gets hit by new supply, like we talked about, you know, hopefully the performance of the fund is buoyed um, by the rest of the properties.
0: Got it. Excellent. Well, Chris Savage nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Well, I would say George, it, I, it certainly depends on what your goals are, but certainly on the, the real estate side, if, if you're interested in this world, whether it be passive investing or as a direct investor, you eventually have to jump. Um, you know, I can speak for my own journey too. There's, it's super easy to get analysis paralysis and continue to, to read and educate. And I'm not advocating that you make uneducated decisions, <laughs> but there comes a point where the best way to learn is to be involved. Um, and whether that's passive investor or as a direct investor, eventually you've got to jump in with two feet and say, okay, I mean, I know everything, but I'm going to figure it out along the way. And so I've seen lots and lots of people over the years just kind of educate themselves to nothing, to no action. Um, and you know, to me, some action is better than no action. Even if that some action isn't always the best.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and learn about the opportunities?
1: Sure. Uh, so I think uh, our website, ReliantInvestments.com is a good place to start. Um, we have a lot of information about the firm, track record, etc. cetera. Um, on LinkedIn, I'm fairly active. Uh, it's Chris Benson with a K, K-R-I-S. If you search uh, if you search for me there, you'll certainly find, uh, find me as well.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Chris, is it Reliant Investments with an S? You got it. Go to ReliantInvestments.com. Check out the different opportunities that they have. You can find Chris on LinkedIn. Um, I like it. Thanks again, Chris.
1: My pleasure, George. Thanks for having me.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive 2-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com and get your mind, body, and money right.